Welcome back, everybody, to The Mindful Educator. We've been working very hard to get Leslie Spaulding back on the show with some connection issues, but we think we have figured it out. Leslie Spaulding is a wonderful mindful meditation teacher who also teaches sports at a school in New York City. He um, is an amazing musician, and his band sends out lots of love and breathing techniques to his audience. So welcome back, Leslie. Thank you very much, Mary. I'm glad to be back on the Mindful Educator um, podcast with you, and I'm, I'm very blessed. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, well, you're very kind and very patient as we were working out the best way to connect with you over the phone. So thank you for that. So, Leslie, today I wanted to focus on all kinds of stuff, but of course, the main um, focus or where we'll start from is how things have been going for you and in your community since the Black Lives Matters protests started. Yeah, well, actually, it's been a kind of a, an emotional roller coaster for me. Um, you know, when the first incident happened with George Floyd, I was, you know, very, very concerned, very um, sad, frustrated, thinking, here, here it goes again, another, another one of these situations, and, you know, not, nothing's going to change. So I felt really, really um, kind of disheartened at that moment. Um, and when people started protesting at the beginning, I felt like, okay, well, people, I guess they're, they're waking up, but still, I don't know how much change is going to come with this because it never has, or very little change has mm-hmm. happened over the years. Um, and then when I start seeing that people are very just adamant about going out in spite of the COVID-19, you know, risking their mm-hmm. lives and, and everything going out, thinking, um, that made me say, wow, this is really important for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started having a little more hope. Um, when I was in that moment of, 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 I guess, the low emotional energy that I was at, I was looking at things kind of in a very pessimistic way, um, which is not really like like me. But um, these kind of things hit home very deeply with me. All this racial um, tension and um, discrimination has been a big part of my life. You know, I'm um, I'm biracial. You know, my father's from Panama, is African Caribbean Panamanian. My mom is a uh, a white Caucasian um, American from the U.S. And, um, you know, they met in Chicago when he was getting his graduate degree. I was born in 64 in, Ch- in Chicago. And um, in 1968, which was another very tumultuous time for these racial tensions, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, Robert Kennedy was assassinated, the mm-hmm. Democratic Convention, the rights of the Democratic Convention, very similar in that sense. Um, my father and mom decided it's time to move to Panama. <laughs> you know, to kind of avoid all this situation. Um, so we drove <laughs> in a Volkswagen, wow. Volkswagen Beetle, 1968. <laughs> and because, and I was hyper aware, of, I guess, of the of the racial situation in the U.S. Because, I mean, I was only four years old, so I don't remember, ex- you know, like you know, like I didn't have the conscientious um of ge- geographic consci- conscientious um um awareness. But um, I do remember us not being able to go to the south because of um mm-hmm. the, the the laws. You know, like you couldn't have a a black male with a white female in, in a car in the mm. south without a white male present. So we ended up driving mm. west to California and then down through Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama in a Volkswagen Beetle in 1968. So like I said, it's been a very big part of me, um, you know, the, 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 the racial tensions in this country over, over the years. 
um, and you know, hoping you know, 1964 was the year I was born, the year the Civil Rights um, Act was 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 signed, right? And 68 was, mm-hmm. you know, when Mar- like I said, um, the the racial tensions that were going on, the rioting after Martin Luther King's um, murder assassination, mm-hmm. and um, so I guess it wakes up these kind of things wake up a lot of things with me, right? Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, I do feel now seeing the change. Like I can remember when Black Lives Matter started um, a few years ago, you know, people, it was kind of an outlier in terms of the organization. Like people were looking at it, well, are they really, you know, are they really productive? Are they not, are they nonviolent? Are they, you know, they, they actually had a, a, a rap of being kind of um, causing um, um, disturbances, you know, and, and, and not really knowing enough about their, 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 um, their purpose, and I think a lot had to do with the Russian, you know, <laughs> you know, um, trying to divide us during the last election four years ago. You know, sending like you know, trying to make us look at Black Lives Matter as a really, a really like, um, like, like mm-hmm. a, a violent organization, which it is not. And mm-hmm. now, if you look at today, the Black Lives Matter has become such a movement that even like mainstream um, organizations and corporations and government and everything is take is 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 aware and 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 supporting it. I mean, yeah. you know, in D.C. when they put Black Lives Matter. And, you know the, the mayor, you know, um, paints it on, on 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 the street and everything, and call, calls it Black Lives Matter away. And um, corporations are are doing the NFL went mm-hmm. back on on their whole um, uh, um, situation in terms of, of players kneeling, Colin Kaepernick and other players kneeling before a national anthem. Mm-hmm. The, the the commissioner mm-hmm. actually went back and said, "Wow, I think that we need to change." You know, and yeah. so when, when when things like that happen in this country, which is a very, I guess you know capitalist country i guess you know where my, people are not going to make or take a risk of, of their of their bottom line by by, by following a, a a movement mm-hmm. that could be you know something that could cause conflict right so yeah. the fact that that nfl nascar taking the, the 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 confederate flag down um you know from 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 their events and um the statues coming down and governments and corporations supporting this this movement give me a lot of optimism and a lot of hope thinking that change is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you that the difference is that there's concrete action being made from all over different types of corporations and uh, organizations who are kind of, uh, what do they say? Is it walk in the talk? Exactly. <laughs> you have to walk. The yeah. Talk. So what was it? What's it like for your parents do they experience this differently as a, uh, a you know having a white parent and a and a um, African American sorry parent? Afro Caribbean, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, my mom is, is back in Chicago, <laughs> and my dad is in Panama. And in Panama, mm-hmm. I mean, there's racial tensions. There's always been racial tensions going on in Panama as well, mm-hmm. partly due to the fact. I mean, a lot of Afro Caribbeans went to Panama. Um, we're taking the Panama to work, right? You know, on the canal, mm-hmm. on the canal, and the, the railroads, and the U.S. Mm-hmm. had the military bases in the canal zone. So, um, you know, so they have. My, my father has witnessed, and my grandfather. I remember talking about witnessing and being a part of discrimination um, over the years in Panama as well, right? A lot of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of. I would say most of it were the Jim Crow enforced laws from the, from the, the U.S. down mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. which kind of um, overflowed into the Panamanian culture. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but you know Panama is a very multi-cultural, uh, diverse country in in, in its yeah. nature. So you know I, I think that my father and um and, and my and, and my family down in Panama have an understanding of um, 
you know how things are getting better right things are getting better yeah. and and that's mm-hmm. here in the u.s like my mom she's in chicago <laughs> and you know chicago as we know is one of these places where there's a lot of violence right a lot of violence mm-hmm. um gang violence and whatnot and i think that um you know the, the policing that, that's going on there has always been all, all my life that i can remember has been very questionable you know mm-hmm. um, and i think that with these all of these um uh, uh movements and the new, new legislations that are possibly going to happen, I think probably happening, I'm hoping my fingers are crossed and my heart is open, um, is going to hopefully make, make, a, make a better better space for, for the African-American community in Chicago, especially the South Side and the West Side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what has it been like personally for you in the schools? Have you witnessed uh, any personal racial discrimination? any of our other uh, minority students? Well, it's very interesting that you ask. Um, my school, Lester, I haven't um, been a part of it. Like, I am very uh, light-skinned, right? You know, I am biracial, but I'm very light-skinned. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that are white don't really know that I'm biracial. Kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, black people, mm-hmm. black people right away, they look at me and they go, oh, which one of your parents is black? I mean, they look at me and they kind of know right away. White people, a lot mm-hmm. of times, I will tell them that, and they have a hard time um, believing it. They'll say, "Really? Wow, you don't look, like, you know." So anyway, so I haven't really received it. I have, I have witnessed it over the years, you know, mm-hmm. in the schools, but like in my life, you know, I've, I've witnessed it. Um, mm-hmm. But in my school, which is um, is a very um, progressive, it's a, a school. And last year we had an incident. Last school year, 2018-19 year, we had an incident where. Um, there was a group of students that wanted to organize like a, like a, a party and another group of students wanted to organize it. And then one group of students said, well, if you don't let us organize it, we're going to put this video out that you guys did a few years back um, with racist, using a racist slur, basically. Right? Mm-hmm. And white kids saying, you know, uh, using the N word. Right. And yeah. um, I guess it came down to the fact that the, 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 the they, they, Said they, they didn't let, they didn't back off and, and they said okay and they put the video out and it you know became you know mainstream news all over the news like here in New York and everything and um mm-hmm. um you know, because our school is a very progressive school the wonderful thing that came out of that was that um you know the the white kids who had put the video out were not really expelled from school because of it because of um there was no I guess regulation. Um, you, mm. uh, according to like, like if you put a video outside of school you know not using the school network and whatnot there was like a loophole so mm. the kids the, the kids of color the, the, the students of color organized themselves at my school and they they they, they protested mm. they had they had they had a they had a sit-in they took over the administration building for days like, wow days, all over took it over just like in the 60s right yeah and, said, and then they set up demands and said it wasn't so much like with these kids like expel them or not but it said look this shouldn't be happening Let's be proactive in the future. Let's have a, 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 a multicultural um, curriculum. Let's train the parents. Let's train the kids. And they brought a mediator down from Albany, New York. And they, you know, and there were like 17 demands. And the demands were met. And they came out like heroes, you know, so, which was oh. a wonderful thing. So I was very proud of my students. And the parents, most most parents, I mean, I'd say all parents, most parents were, were very um, uh, supportive of it. All of us teachers educators were as well you know we bring them food they have their sleeping bags there they slept there in the whole week and everything. Mm-hmm. and um and so so 
I was really proud of the fact that they brought that awareness um, to our school and understanding that. So we have a little bit of practice with this stuff in my school, you know, yeah. as faculty and as, and, and, as, and as the kids, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, that's what I have to say about my school. Um, in terms of our school system, you know, independent schools, there's always a big, a big push to, um, to have it uh, culturally and racially representative of the, of the community that they were in, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, there's a, there's a great organization here called Prep for Pref, which prepares kids from lower socioeconomic backgrounds and of, of, of different ethnicities to prepare them for being, you know, for, for commuting, I guess, per se, to, from, from their communities to our to the independent private schools and, you know, all the, all the um, nuances that go with it. You know, for mm-hmm. example, you know, like, you know, they're in a community and then, you know, where all their, their, their neighbors go to public schools and some of the they're very marginalized areas. And then they go to these private schools and they have to feel like they have to be two people, right? Yeah. Like I'm a private school kid when I'm at school, but I'm a pub, you know, but I, then I'm in my community in, I don't know, South Bronx or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have to be a different person there. So there's a great organization called Prep for Prep that, that kind of prepares these kids from a social, um, emotional um, standpoint mm-hmm. and um, academic standpoint to prepare them for, the, for, this, for our schools. Well, you've said a lot there that is so interesting. And I guess I want to start with the last part about the Prep for Prep. I wonder, do you see some of those kids having some sort of suppressed feeling of guilt about maybe rising above or getting uh, more opportunity than their neighbors in that way? Interesting, interesting conversation. I feel like, like, well, at least the, the prep for prep kids that I've worked with or the kids that are, that are in, in the, that program that I've worked with, you know, I do a lot of mindfulness with them, right? As well, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, a, big, a big part of, of, and I don't work with directly with prep for prep, but I have a lot mm-hmm. of kids in my advisory and students and whatnot, and my Spanish um, classes and my teams, and um, a big part of, of of my mindfulness practices not is um, gratitude, right? Showing gratitude mm-hmm. wherever you are, right? So yeah. I know that that prep for prep works with them to ha- to have to be in that social that, that their emotional state to be sort of like deal with those conflicts that they may have with the, with themselves. Mm-hmm. I try to work with them in term, it, 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 with, with regards to um, being very grateful for the situation that they're in. And then, you know, hopefully open up opportunities for those in their, in their, in their, in their families and their communities to be, to have a, a better opportunities as well. Right. A lot of the kids I've noticed over the years, like when I worked at other private school in the city, independent school in the city, a lot of them went through the prep for prep, went to the school, graduated, went to college, and came back, and then started working with prep for prep themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. they went full circle. So obviously, they, 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 um, a lot of those students felt that that was um, a, a, a essential part of their growth and, um, and really believed in the program, right? Yeah, I think um, what you said there about realizing and being grateful for the opportunity you have so you're better able to serve those around you is a huge piece of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Just being in, the, in, the, in that space and understanding that, hmm, here's, here's a future for me, right? It's, it's a lot of times, you know, the kids like, like my son. <laughs> my son was an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So he... he, so he um, you know, he played basketball and he had these ankle injuries and go to the physical therapist. So he was exposed to a lot of physical therapy and doctors and stuff. So when he, when he went to school, he decided to become a physical therapist because he was exposed to it and he had a good, a good experience with it, right? So mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens with these kids when they go through this prep, prep, prep program. You know, they experience it firsthand. They believe in it. It becomes a part of them and then they want to become a part of the program themselves, right? Love it. Yeah. I, and then the other thing I'm interested in is 
how your school went and where most schools, I know our school does have racial tensions in them, you know, and I understand that the, the kids protested and so forth, but then can you tell us a little bit more about the educational program or piece that happened afterwards to help the kids, the teachers and the families move through that to a better place? Yeah. So basically we, we they were, they were, um, uh, we, we have what we call assemblies, like every Thursday we have an assembly, right? Mm-hmm. And assemblies have always had a lot of different, you know, elements to them, you know, from all, I mean, like I said, we're a very progressive school, right? Progressive. Like we've had everything from the, from the Latinos um, on the border and DACA and mm. the, the, um, the, uh, the um, situation in Israel, Palestinian conflict, South African apartheid, mm. um, gender, um, uh, gender rights as well, LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. as well. So we've always had that part, that element of it, but we made it a little bit more this year. We had a little bit, it was a little bit more applicable to the classroom. So we had not only they have the assemblies about it, but we had, we, we talked about what uh, discrimination was and how you know like like the pyramid, like you know being at the bottom, how you can have um, like discrimination, like and then you can move up to like systemic um, racism, right? Systemic racism, mm-hmm. all the way up to the top, which which, which is genocide, right? You know, and understanding that the, the fact is like you know like how are how our behaviors you know, the bottom, you know, being part of, of, you know, of, um, of this pyramid, being the foundation of the pyramid can be conducive to taking us to those terrible situations of, of, of genocide. Right. And with, and with the school this year, like I said, we had some really amazing discussions like with my students during the whole, um, George Floyd situation. Um, you know, a lot of the kids, you know, the younger kids, especially were like, well, yeah, they're, they're racist, you know, they're bad cops, they're racist and whatnot. And I tried to, we, we, we had a very great, um, learning, um, experience in terms of um understanding that it's not the fact that they're that they're racist which obviously is something we have to deal with but that the system itself you know mm-hmm. a lot of racial elements mm-hmm. to it right you know like mm-hmm. the fact the fact that these things happen and it happened over the years you know that's part of life you know have racists and non-racists and hopefully we don't have as many but the fact that the system kind of has, has protected them over the years that there have been no responsibility or re- repercussions because of it right um, yeah, that, that that was the big the big learning points that we had this year with our students. So that was one of the things me I personally did, and we did in our assemblies. And also, the parents have been facilitated to um, being being um, trained into um, uh, uh, discrimination and r- racially accepting um, 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 behaviors and unacceptable behavior as well. You know, during what happened last year, you know, it happened on, at at these kids' home. You know, obviously, we don't know if the parents were there or not there, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but you know but we but we do have an understanding that 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 students um, and and children and people we have a lot of um, um, influence of, of from our upbringing right so yeah. um, you know a lot of the parents I remember last year were kind of complaining about well there's no school going on during the city there's no school going on. there's no education you know and I think the mm-hmm. biggest education and we all as faculty we agree that the biggest education educational moment that they had was during the city because they were able to really apply everything that we've taught in school. In a practical way, right? Oh yeah, that was real world stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like we were, like I said, we were really proud of them. The school, the school, like they were forced to, their, their hand was forced, you know, to mm-hmm. to really deal deal with the situations, and um, you know, and it's, and it's like everything, you know, when there's growth, you know, there, there's a little, a little discomfort, a little pain. So we're going through that right now. Like it's been very recent, and then of course, you know, we didn't have a whole school year because we were out, out because of COVID nineteen. Right. Right. Um, before spring break. So, but um, but I'm like I said, I'm very proud of of, of our kids. 
I'm very happy that the school has, has taken the, 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 um, the steps necessary to making things better and it's kind yeah. of reflecting upon, you know, what's happening in the world today, right? Like, you know, like, like these situations are not like growth, growth will always, you know, it's not comfortable ever, you know? And, um, you know, so right now that the stuff that we're going through as a society is going to be, like I said, it's going to get worse to get better. It needs to get worse to get better. That, that means that we're, that we're really growing. Yeah. Right. I agree with you on that. Um, uh, discomfort. Or comfortable. Why should we change anything? Exactly. Um, boy, I'd love to know just a little bit more about how you educated the parents at the school, the families in uh, equity and equality. Was there an outside group that came in that provided um, like lessons, classes, uh, materials? How, how did that happen? Yeah, well, our school, we, we, we did, we have workshops for the kids with the parents, and we, 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 and we had workshops with the parents, with outside groups that came in and, and discussed these, um, um, gen, gen, I mean, gen, not only gender, but all um, systems of discrimination that we've, that we've had at our school. What was the name of the group? Do you remember? I don't, I don't remember it offhand, no. Um, I don't remember. Well, there, well there, you there, ever there, find there a couple out. groups actually that came in, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be so beneficial to start like in elementary school with those kinds of workshops with students and families and faculty, just like a regular thing. So many other things at assemblies that are normal topics or events at assemblies. If we could normalize that and have, I think it's important to have outside groups come in because for some reason, people are like, it must be good. We don't know them. But <laughs> exactly. experts come in, do that, and be consistent with and see improved aggression and the outcome and the lens of equity and inequality and racism. And I wonder, I don't know if this group focused on it, but what I'm thinking is under that umbrella to look, and I think you said this, Apes of racism from systemic to personal, to just people of color, but women and gender and all the different forms that racism can be. Absolutely, all all, all, all the all the levels of discrimination that that exists exactly need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, I'll, I know white men who are you know, we'll quote, quote unquote, good white men who don't believe that they're racist or they've never done any violent. They try to be the best they can, feel like they're being discriminated against because they're white and they're being lumped in with all the bad guys. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a challenging situation because, you know, in this, in this country, I mean, you know, we've gone through all the, 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 the different levels of, um, you know, from, 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 from systemic, I mean, from from slavery, you know, to Jim Crow, mm -hmm. to and I think like right now, for a lot of groups, the new racism is saying that racism doesn't exist, right? You know, yeah. That, that, that's, I, like I've heard people say, like, oh, well, we had a black president, so yeah, we can't be racist, you know, <laughs> you know, right? And, you know, and 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 you know, obviously the 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 bungee, the the rebound effect of having a black president. You know, I guess that's the president we have now, right? I won't, you know, get too much into that part, but but I feel like. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't, so obviously there's a lot of wounds to, to heal, right? 
and the DNA mm-hmm. of, of our country has been very um, like it's part of our DNA. You know, it's part of the DNA. Like you know, you, you just can't turn a switch and say, "Oh, everything's fine now," right? You know, like there there are a lot of repercussions from 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 decades and decades decades of of the discrimination that that people need to overcome. Like you know, if you start out, you know, behind in every sense of the word, and if we yeah. can't really be trusted in terms of like making the right decisions, because then you have um. Um, you, you can make decisions that, that, you know, like affirmative action, which is, you know, very controversial for a lot of groups as well and say, well, you know, since, since, since we can't really be trusted morally to make the decision that would be equitable for everybody, we have to regulate it, make sure that, that there are, you know, that you do hire people or, 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 or at least give opportunities to people because, you know, when you're on your own accord, it didn't happen. And then, of course, you know, white you know, people feel that they're being discriminated against because they don't have those same opportunities, right? You know, and, yeah, and, you know, those opportunities have always always been there for them. I mean, they, they have, there's, right. there's no need, you know, <laughs> you know, right. the same thing with the Black right. Lives Matter. You know, all lives matter. Black lives matter. Like it's not like Black lives matter more than anybody else's life. You know, it's just that Black right. lives they haven't seen the matter over the years, and now all of a sudden, people say Black lives matter, and they say, well, then what about other people? And I'm like, well, no, other people's lives have always, have always at least the system and the culture and the society have always made it seem um look like that, that that their lives have always mattered where other people's lives have haven't so we need to make a mm-hmm. make a um, a statement right I agree I think it has to start there with the biggest offense which is to the black community that's the biggest mm-hmm. offense and then it hopefully will domino effect out to all our communities who have been disenfranchised treated differently in a bad way or but you got to start somewhere and we might as well we should start with the the group that's been suppressed the most. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know, and, and 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 people of color. I mean, you know, Latinos also. You know, Latinx people. You know, that's a whole other thing. You know, yeah, Latinx people have also suffered these 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 situations as well. You know, but like you said, oh, you know, yeah, we have to start somewhere, right? You know, have to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing, and I I hope that we can. Um, I think there's two different groups of protesters. They're the ones for the, truly for. There's the ones that aren't protesting. They're just anarchists and they're creating violence and harm who have nothing to do with BLM. So I'd like to see, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge part too as well, because, you know, obviously, you know, we think the nonviolent protest, I mean, nonviolent protest is, I, I don't believe in violence at all, ever. You know, I really don't. Like, I don't even believe in war ever you know but i do kind of understand when people you know are pushed to their last limits you know and they're passionate about you know the social contract being broken right and then they decide well you broke our contract by discriminating against us so now it's now it's our turn i don't agree with it but i can understand it you know um yeah and and of course there are also opportunists that aren't even organized that are taking advantage and looting and 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 pillaging and doing all that right you know which is a whole other yeah the guys who just yeah, who ran into the jewelry store and stole two million dollars worth of stuff had nothing to do with the protest. So exactly, um, but yeah, that's definitely nice. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but I also do understand. Like, like I said, like you know, when when people do protest in a nonviolent way, you know, they take a knee here or they march or they march or everything, nothing seems to happen. You know. Yeah, and, I would agree with that. You know? I would. So I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, I don't agree with the violence at all. I really don't. You know, I wish that people would just listen. And understand and be compassionate to those that that, that that are in need, you know. But 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 I can also understand when people say, well, you know, we do it like like you know, people take a knee, like if football players take a knee, and then it's like you're 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 disrespecting the flag, 
you know, you're disrespecting, you're not being patriotic, blah, blah, blah. So that's not the right way to do it, right? So then people march in the streets, that's not the right way to do it. People try different things, that's not the right way to do it. So obviously some people feel that that um that 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 other okay. ways are the only way they can be Hello. All right, we're back with Leslie. We had a little disconnect there, but um so we're going to focus a little bit now on how you see education, mindfulness, meditation, and music as healing modalities during this time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for example, like with the meditation and mindfulness, like there's a, there's a, there's meta meditation. I don't know if you've heard of it, meta meditation, Buddhist yep. loving kindness, right? And, That's right. And it's a powerful thing. Like, I, I, like during these times um, at the end of our school year with my students, we did a lot of um, loving kindness because there's a lot of um, conflicting emotions going on, right? Mm-hmm. you're trying to um you know wish love and peace and health healthiness to those people that we love those people that we're neutral about those people that we may have conflict with right and in all sense mm-hmm. beings right um yeah. right now it's a very like i said it's a very polarized situation right very, very polarized opinions about what's going on so bringing awareness and, and sitting with that discomfort of being in that space of of um, you know, sending these these good wishes to people that are you know that that you don't really you know you have a conflict with can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. It wakes up a lot of um emotions, sensations in our bodies, and just to bring awareness to those things, right? So, um, that's one way that I've dealt with it with my with my students in terms of um trying to bring them to connect with their emotions and to connect mm-hmm. with, their, with their space. And I really do believe that if you do send like good vibes out to people in situations good things happen right so that's yes. a powerful thing right um, yes like we were talking earlier about like you know how people were expressing themselves in, in violent ways in terms of looting and you know um vandalizing and whatnot but they're also very very powerful ways of expressing ourselves in terms of music right like right now is the time <laughs> to really really like like in the 60s was a huge part of 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 of, of songwriting that was um that was inspired by 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 the times, right? By the mm-hmm. tensions, by the, the war in Vietnam, by everything that was going on. And right now is the perfect time to really be able to to do that to do that as well in terms of songwriting. The only the only challenge we have is because of COVID, it's hard to <laughs> perform them right live. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, but like, but you know, I have so many ideas in my mind, you know, and and written down that of of um. You know, I have some songs that I've, that I've written actually that I'm I'm working on writing actually that I'm trying to um that are inspired by these these moments of 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 waking up of waking up. So now are the songs for your band? Will they well, perform them at some point? Absolutely, that's the goal. That's the goal is is to really um you know uh, to really really bring an understanding to to get in out as much as possible. And like I said, my band Sanga Tierra, it's a world music band, so you know we're very inclusive in terms of everything and everybody in the world right so yeah. um, so you know this is like like these times are like perfect for it in, in the sense that you know people are in need of, of 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 that of love and compassion and understanding and empathy right and that's kind of yeah. where i come from in terms of um of my, my writing Ooh. and my life i wonder if you could do the loving kindness meditation concept in a song like with the lyrics and the rhythm of it, you know, where you say the phrases out yeah. to people and so forth. And, and then your audience could do basically a loving kindness meditation while you're playing the song. 
That would be beautiful. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, we, like we spoke before. I mean, I always do a meditation before each show, but um, mm-hmm. but like do it during the show, like in the, in, in the song. I would. That's a, that's a great idea. Actually, I will. I will. Um, w- when I have it recorded and make all these millions of dollars, I'm not working. I'm not worried about making the money. I give. <laughs> it wouldn't you, hurt. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, because you know, I mean, to make change, you, sometimes you need money in, the, in in our society. But um, but I'll definitely mm-hmm. give you 100 percent credit on on giving me that idea if I you know, <laughs> <if> it comes <laughs> to fruition. But <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to hear how it goes. I mean, I that's one of my favorite meditations. I did it with our staff at the high school, and and it was one of the first times I ever led a meditation with, you know, almost 100 staff members and people cried. I mean, they didn't expect it. You know, some people, uh, and it of course would be with the people they have conflict with or the people they see every day, but don't know, um, that they were felt, they felt the most moved. So it is super powerful. Um, so it sounds like your band is going to be recording remotely and someone's going to be mixing it all together. Is that how you're going to do it? We're, we're working on that on that right now. Absolutely, we're trying to see how we can get to um, meeting um, online right now. You know, and playing mm-hmm. and, and practicing online before we do that. If we do it, but when we do record, it will be that way. If 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 the, if the situation stays the same, mm-hmm. the, big, the big challenge that we have is like the first um, production that we came out with. It was kind of um, recorded like like um, piecemeal. You know, like like we did like the drums and bass and added the guitar and added everything. Yeah. Around. And our band is a very organic band, you know, like we kind of feed off each other's energy. So it doesn't really reflect like who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. The second recording that we, that we were working on when, when COVID hit us was, um, it was, it was being done in a much more organic way, like us live in the room. Right. So yeah. we're hoping that we'll have the opportunity to, to go back to, to doing it um, that way again. But if not, you know, anyway, it's better than, than no way. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. Well, I love the idea that you're writing music that reflects the times, that you're always trying to put love and uh, compassion into what it is that you're doing, and it's happening in your classroom, your school, your community, your music, your band. It's just absolutely fantastic. So I guess what the way we'll um, kind of finish up is what are your hopes for the future and any final thoughts that you have? Well, my hopes for the future are, um, well, going back to a little bit like how, how I was feeling emotionally and where I'm at, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel where we where we put our energy in is what we end up, um, what we become, right? You know, where yeah. we put our energy in, right, is where we become. So for me personally, um, like during this whole, the, 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 the whole debacle of everything from the COVID to the to the um, Black Lives Matter movement to everything, right, that's happening. You know, the the news um, cycles, what they call news cycle has become very, um, you know, it can be very stressful, right? So mm-hmm. what I noticed, I have my, my practices I do every day. You know, it takes me a couple hours every day I'm doing my practices. But then by consuming all the all the negative information, it kind, it kind of becomes um, counterproductive, if that makes sense, you know, because I'm putting, in terms of time, I'm putting sometimes more energy in paying attention to what's going on, all the negative things that are going on in the news, right? Yeah. So, um, so what I've decided to do is, for me personally, is to stay informed, you know, stay informed, mm-hmm. use my energy in a way that, that that's, that's conducive to, to my well-being, and then I can be better be, better person and being for, for those that are around me and for our community, right? Yes. So, so a huge suggestion that I have for people, like I said, with this COVID and being locked in your, people locked in their houses, not locked in their houses, but, you know, 
of social <laughs> distancing or physical distancing from from each other, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people aren't really um, accustomed to being by themselves and being with their feelings. You know, a lot of us are. You know, a lot of us have our practices and we meditate and we sit with ourselves. A lot of people aren't. So what I would suggest that people do, you know, those that aren't, is to try to find a, a practice that, that 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 suits them to sort of um, confront whatever they may be experiencing and confront those feelings instead of trying to, you know, because a lot of times we're avoiding by consuming and watching, doing everything except for being with ourselves to confront and to, 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 um, to face, I guess is a better word, confront sounds more confrontational, obviously to face emotions and the emotions that they're going on through all this. Right. And see what, mm-hmm. what, 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 what can be awakened through this whole process. Right. Um, that's, that's one thing to stay informed, not to consume too much, too much negativity mm-hmm. you know, even though there's negativity out there we can't turn a blind eye to stuff that to be informed to make sure that we can make change or to understand what needs to be changed right but, mm-hmm. then, but then the focus on not the problems but focus on the solutions right focus on the solutions yeah. focus on, and how we how how can we make better what can we do just like just being the being the best person we can be for those that are around us make them a better mm-hmm. person it's like a domino effect a ripple effect and then people close to us will, 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 will make a difference you know, some people can make bigger changes. Some people can, you know, organize their communities to do stuff, right? But all yeah. it takes is just to be a good person yourself, a good person in terms of being empathetic, loving, loving, and kind with yourself and those around you, and and that message will spread to, to to other people as well, right? Yes, yes, beautiful. I think that's very practical um, tips and things that people can just start today, and I especially the be informed. Maybe watch your local. N- news one time through the store with <laughs> one the national time, one time right <laughs> and then turn it off over and hear everybody's opinions on it just so you get informed by things you know and also your your news sources right like you know obviously we have you know very conflicting news sources right now right all over right mm-hmm. you know try to find something yeah. you know and we tend we tend to gravitate towards the news source that's compatible with our way of thinking anyway right you know so mm-hmm. you know so you know we think well and we're so we're so polarized right now, so it's kind of like like it's gonna be completely two different stories, right? So I, I tend to try to find like like news sources that are that as as um, objective as possible. I could say, you know, you know, maybe you know, mm-hmm. like, like public funded public funded um radio NPR, for example, or yeah, PBS, yeah. you know, stuff that's that, that's that's not corporate, you know, because you know, right. corporate um, news sources that what's their what's their main purpose is their corporation is to make money, right? It's maybe not to inform right. us the best way, right? So. So I tend to look towards um, news sources that are more objective and they're in the public interest versus corporate interest. Wonderful. I think those are great tips. And the loving kindness meta meditation, I recorded one and it's on Anchor. It's on our podcast mm. earlier on. And maybe we'll just re reissue it or I'll do another one since you brought it up. I think fabulous. Well, I'm so glad we got to talk today. You sound like you're in good health and in and really positive spirits. So we are really grateful to have you on again, Leslie. And I'm so, so, so grateful to be part of, part of uh, this, this with you as well. You know, like, you know, together we can we can make huge changes. And um, I just feel so grateful that you've given me this opportunity to, to share my feelings with you and my emotions. And um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Thank you. 
Well, same exact thing to you. You've taught us a lot and given us some great ideas for moving forward in the future with our schools and educating about discrimination and all very beautiful things. So we wish you all the best and look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much, Mary. Much love and light to you, okay? Take care of yourself, okay? Thank you, dear. Bye-bye.